Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. The first preseason game of the year is in him here, Jim. And, you know, honestly, I used to watch preseason games, but then they stopped playing starters here a while back. They never played all of the games, but we used to see them in the preseason. Now we're seeing it where a lot of starters don't play at all in the preseason. Do we see those games go away at some point in the future? I think it makes sense. The NFL makes so much money off regular season games uh, that, you know, they always were, and they have so much power with broadcasters that they basically have always forced the preseason games on local ticket buyers and the, the networks because they knew they could get away with it. Mm-hmm. Now we've switched to a 17 game regular season, um, expanded playoffs, and I think they want to eventually get to an 18 game regular season. To me, it's going to make sense, especially now that most coaches don't play their starters in more than one or two games anyway, if at all. Yep. I think we're going to get. I think we're going to come. It's just a natural progression. I think what you'll see in the coming years is 18 game regular season, um, maybe with some built in like okay, every player gets to get take one game off or is forced to take one game off just to prevent injuries, and two preseason games mm. because. You know what we're do- what we're doing now is okay. Not going to play the starters in or your veteran starters in the first preseason game. Maybe play them a little bit in the second, and not play them in the third. And third, the last preseason game, whether it's a three or four preseason game scheduled, has basically become a tryout for special teams. Yeah. So you could combine all the all the things you really get out of all the value you really get out of preseason. You could get those in two games. You could have one game where you it's kind of a dress rehearsal for the starters. You want to get some action. And the other game is the, the glory, glory, glorified battle for special teams. And you could, you would accomplish that, especially now that, uh, more and more the, uh, the intra, inter, inter squad mm-hmm. practices are becoming more popular and you're seeing a lot more starters get value out of those. That's what I was just going to bring up, practicing against other teams. And Aaron Rodgers is not going to play in the preseason. And he was referencing, you know, we get great work anyway uh, when we're practicing against other teams. That hasn't been around forever. I mean, a while now, probably 15 years, if I'm guessing correctly. I remember when Brock Lesnar uh, took part in some of those and gotten some scraps once in a while against the other teams. Yes, I do remember. I started covering the Vikings and uh, the – I started covering the – Cowboys in 89, the mm-hmm. Vikings in 1990. And I remember back then, uh, the, the Cowboys would scrimmage against the Raiders, ah. and, and the uh, Vikings would regularly scrimmage against the, the Chiefs because the Chiefs were over in River Falls. Uh-huh. So they've been around for a long okay. time. I just think they, they always felt like more of a throwaway before. Mm-hmm. I think now that you're seeing, you know, now as, as with everything, everything's become a little more scientific. Now, instead of just to break up the monotony of camp, which is really what I thought they used to be for, mm-hmm. now they really are used as a way to get your, your starters, your starting units, some quality time together. And, and the, you know, so why would, you know, here's the obvious question. Why would coaches be willing to play their starters against other teams' good players and not be willing to play them in preseason? Well, because in a scrimmage, you have coaches standing on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can tell the other team, hey, uh, you're you're playing touch with our quarterback. We're not actually sacking our quarterback. And what you're not going to have is some third string linebacker who's trying to impress his coaches take out Kirk Cousins' knee. Yeah. Uh, you know, as that, that that could happen in a preseason game, they're not going to let that happen in a controlled scrimmage. Where's the biggest position battle? Are there question marks uh, right now with the team where they don't know quite yet who the week one starter is going to be? 
there are a lot. And what I find really interesting, and I'll bring up one that Jeff Diamond brought up on our podcast, mm-hmm. and the former Vikings general manager, he said, hey, okay, they bring in Nikhil Harry. Harry had a really good practice the other day, his first real, uh, first real look we've gotten at him. Uh, they brought in Brandon Powell, who used to play for O'Connell uh, with the Rams as a, a competition for Rager as a punt returner. Well, if Rager isn't going to be worth $2.7 million, then you could play, replace him on the roster with Nikhil Harry as a fourth receiver and with Powell as a special teamer, and he might save some money and be more versatile. So I think it'll be really to see if Nikhil Harry impresses, if Rager does anything to impress, um, and it might be Harry or Rager, and that might be determined in the preseason. Mm-hmm. The, other, the spot I'm really looking at is young cornerbacks. Yeah. Uh, obviously, position of need. Murphy's looked pretty good so far. Uh, they really would like to move him inside in – three cornerback sets, that means that you're going to have two young guys playing on the outside. So Evans, Booth, and... Uh, McKee Blackman? And Blackman. Mm-hmm. Williams has looked pretty good, too, at times. Okay. But I think, really, you know, Blackman, Booth, and Evans. Uh, Blackman's looked good. Booth has talent but continues to have injury problems. Evans, kind of looking like a nice young player. Uh, so where does that shake out? They really need two of those three guys to be starting caliber cornerbacks, uh, along with Murphy. And I will also say this. If Booth and Seen aren't going to win starting jobs or stay healthy, then, then you know, I, I try to defer judgment on uh, Adolfo Mensa's first draft. But if, if Seen and, and Booth aren't going to be players for this franchise, then that first draft's going to look bad. Although, as Jeff pointed out, Evans and, if Evans and Asamoah play really well, then maybe that salvages a bit of the draft. Yeah, it was. I guess until you're in the chair making the call, it's hard to you know take past experience when someone else had the final call and have that same success. It can be difficult to translate when you become the guy uh, and, and that makes the calls like Quasi Dopamenza is now. And it's also interesting that his first draft was really unconventional and surprising the way he went about things. Mm-hmm. And this second draft was very conventional. They took the best player, they thought the best player on the board at a position that they really wanted a, a dynamic talent. Uh, they took a backup running back. They took a backup quarterback. You know, they, they kind of, you know, and they took some defenders who were versatile and fit with their defense coordinator's mentality. So, you know, may, you know, we might end up looking back and saying, hey, you know, Quezzy really was just kind of, he was trying some stuff and it didn't work out that great. And, and, you know, once you have the responsibility of building a franchise, you, it's not so much about trying to impress somebody with your ingenuity. It's about just getting good players. Yeah. Uh, one of those uh, we think will be a good player is Jordan Addison, the first-round pick uh, this year. We'll see him in the preseason. I'm excited to see what he looks like. I don't remember that much about his college career. But uh, speed and toughness, uh, if a little undersized, but, boy, he could really be a good wideout. He could be, and they really think he could be, you know, a, a star caliber second mm-hmm. receiver with Osborne playing the role of third receiver. And again, if Harry comes on, that gives you a really deep roster. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, I've watched a lot of film on him, and he, he, the good thing about him is he kind of reminds you of Jefferson in some ways. Not, and I'm not saying he's going to have Jefferson's results. Very few will or sure. have, but uh, ability to set up a defender with his cut. Uh, he gets a lot of DBs to turn their back or get off balance before he makes his cut. And that, more, more than pure speed, is the most important thing you can have as a receiver. Mm. Make, the, you know, make your defender 
uh, off balance, fool them, uh, tangle his feet, you know, make him look like a fool. You get, give yourself room to make a cut. Uh, he competes well on balls. He runs well after the catch. Uh, he's not huge, but he does seem to be tough. Uh, and, you know, after, after having the injury during many camps and have, having the speeding ticket that, that drew a lot of attention, yep. uh, right now he is playing well in camp. Yeah, uh, I would guess that GMs and coaches are going to use Henry Ruggs as an example for their young guys of what can happen. He just got sentenced to 10 years in prison yep. for speeding and drinking while driving. So they, they can point to that case and say, uh, you know, there was an, a fatal accident and he's going to prison for several years. Let's watch it out there. Yes, no doubt about it. Yeah. And, you know, it's always going to be a challenge. Young, ambitious yep. uh, guys with egos, with being handed a lot of money. It's always, you know, it would be a dangerous thing for me. It's a dangerous thing for these guys. Yep. Um, the good thing is that as bad as driving 140 miles an hour is, he wasn't under the influence. Uh, he didn't do it in a crowd on a crowded strip the way right. Ruggs did. Yep. So it, you know, different cases, but still, still, it's just yep. you know, it's a good thing that he got caught. Uh, and it's it's a good thing that it sent him a message, and and I just can't imagine him, you know, being. I just can't imagine him doing that again. Yeah, uh, the Vikings drafted a quarterback, Jaron Hall, out of yes. BYU. Uh, what were what are their plans for him? Do you think? I think they're, I think they're hoping he can at least be a very promising backup. Right now, they have a kind of a classic NFL backup. He started some games in the NFL. He's handled himself pretty well. He can he can come in and run your team. Uh, I think they would like Hall to be uh, a backup with maybe more potential, a backup they don't have to spend as much money on early in his career, and maybe somebody who can grow into being a starter. Now it's it's a long shot, right? It's just, hey, guys who get taken in the top ten in the draft end up not making it. So certainly when you take somebody down in the draft at that position, it's a long shot. So I think they're hoping he at least can compete for the backup job. And then, of course, you always just hope that if I, you just found a Russell Wilson who comes in and wows you. Yeah, Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5 Sports at Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.